You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Feel free to be seated. Good morning, friends, all of you out here. I think we have a couple of folks out on the patio and, of course, our friends on Zoom. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brenna Rubio, and I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, where we are and are becoming a welcoming, a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. Um, And this morning, I just want to say, I I don't know if you guys know this, but I think we have one of the hardest working AV teams around. They are just amazing. Yep. Thank you. I I just thank you for thanking them with me, uh, because I think you all know, right, when you're working really, really hard at something and it's still not working, like exactly the way you want it to, it can be frustrating. And yet, you know, Joe and all the crew, I just want you to know you're like, you're deeply appreciated. Um, If we're not able to get the slides up this morning, it's actually completely okay. We did like a year or two without slides and it was just fine, especially when we weren't out here on the patio. So if you haven't had a chance to pull it up yet, our website is citychurchlb.org and then backslash visit where there's a button and you can get our lyrics and liturgy right there and all of the words that you would need for this morning to be able to follow along. So citychurchlb.org slash visit. You can find the lyrics and the liturgy for this morning, whether our slides come up or not. Okay. So good, so good to be here together. And kids, you are an especially welcomed and valued part of our our life here. We think you're pretty awesome. We also know that you love a few things when you come here on Sunday mornings, kids. We know that you love getting to say hi to your friends. A lot of you love the snacks, whether it's getting a cup of hot chocolate or a granola bar, something like that out there in the front. Um, And you really like the playground. And you like the stories. And so before you guys head out with the teachers uh, to go out and enjoy those stories and the time on the playground, uh, we just, we want to pray over you. And so our friend Serena Bakru, one of our uh, developers, sometimes known as an elder here at City Church of Long Beach, is going to come and pray for our kids. Good morning, everyone. Let us pray. Oh, dear Lord, thank you for bringing us this place this morning. Thank you for our kiddos. Thank you for the light and the brightness that they bring to our lives. We pray over them and just help us to see them for who they are and all their wonderfulness. Thank you for all the people who are in their lives, who guide them, teach them to just connect with them. Thank you, God, for every day that we get to spend with our kiddos Let us learn from them as well. They bring so many wonderful things to us and to this life. Uh, We want to also take note that it is October. There's changes in weather. There's Halloween. There's Bully Prevention Month. There's all these things that are happening. And so we just pray that we show up, that we just be real and, and just take care of each other and you know, see all the goodness and practice kindness and acceptance and inclusion for all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Did you guys hear that? Good job, mommy. 
That was so great. I love that encouragement. Hey, kids, if you want to come out over here with the teachers, you can do playground and store. You're always welcome to stay here with your parents if that's what you you guys decide, you and the adults who brought you. Um, yay. And with that, would you guys also help welcome uh, our co-pastor, Bill White, um, who is going to be making his way up here in just a moment. It may take him a little longer than usual this morning, because if you haven't seen Bill, he is on crutches this morning. And so, you know, um, yeah, he's going to be be making his way onto the onto the stage and maybe let do you need any notes or anything brought up here bill no you're good all right it's just one of it's gonna be one of those days you know so uh for those who are curious and for my mother who's online um want to let you know that I was walking across the kitchen last night uh, and got to the other side and I was like, wow, my knee hurts. So that's what happened. So yeah, yeah, I was, so now, you know, uh, very, very intense. I tried to convince the children that it was a stegosaurus uh, that did not go over. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it is. Hopefully it'll be better. So um just want to give a little orientation to, uh, you know, we often don't do this as preachers because we kind of have it all together, right? I mean, and you poor suckers who don't. Um, but uh, so just want to let you know how I'm showing up this morning. I'm showing up. I've had a few frustrations in my life recently, uh, feeling a little out of control about a couple of things this morning uh, in an interaction with someone else. I found myself unreasonably angry for something that they didn't like, it was like, I was like, wow, I am so mad right now. And they, I mean, they did nothing. Fortunately, it was like one of those text conversations and where you read it over before you send it, which doesn't always happen. Right. But uh, I believe in the Holy spirit. And it was one of those good moments for which I'm grateful that I read it over. I'm like, I'm not going to send that. They did nothing. They were trying to be helpful and I'm angry. This is just, you know, so I'm showing up a little bit, uh, a little edgy, so if you pick up a little bit of that today, you're picking it up accurately, and you can filter out what you need to filter. You can, you should always be filtering out, like whenever I'm speaking, but maybe, maybe have a more of a filter today. So, <laughs> does have it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like the hat was very fitting with the knee, and if you look closely, one of my eyes is starting to swell up. Um, so, yeah, it's it's probably all connected. Thanks, Paul, for pointing that out. I. I really, yeah, appreciate that. Oh, my word. It's the worst church ever. Um, so we are actually in a passage today. We're at the end of Jonah, um, which is a hilarious book, full of satire, very funny. And in um, this chapter, ironically, is all about anger. <laughs> it's like my lucky day. You, you So... Yeah, just be, who knows what's going to come. Uh, but that's that's where we are in this chapter of Jonah. It's the last chapter of Jonah. And we're not going to get through it. We're going to save just a piece of it for next week. But um, it's Jonah's been on this journey. It has not gone the way he wanted it to. It has been very frustrating for him. And uh, God does not do what Jonah wants God to do. 
So Jonah gets angry. Hmm, weird. So we are going to hear the scripture this morning. Our friend Lydia, uh, Lydia, if you would come on down to read scripture, if you'd welcome Lydia. Thank you so much, Lydia. I'm so sorry. I, I, I just harassed Lydia to read scripture because that was one of the other many things. You know, it's just one of those mornings where like, you know, people can't, you know, life goes on. You can't show up. So, um, so typically around City Church, when we remember, we stand in honor of God and God's word when it's read. So if you would stand from Jonah at the end of chapter three and the beginning of chapter four. When God saw what they did and how they turned from the evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destructions he had threatened. But to Jonah, this seems very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarsus. I knew that you are gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abandoning in love a God who relents from sending calamity. People of God, this is the word of God. You may see it. Thanks so much, Lydia. Thanks for bailing me out. Um, so the, the setting is this. Jonah has been tasked to go and preach to the Ninevites, the sworn enemy of Israel, that, hey, you're not doing justice by your people, and you're causing all sorts of harm, and you actually need to redirect your energy and turn towards God. Jonah is super upset that God wants him to deliver this message. So Jonah goes the opposite way. Then there's the whole storm and the fish. For any of you who know, get swallowed by a fish. It's very funny. Um, and then second time around, Jonah's like, okay, I'll do it. Fine. And so he goes to Nineveh, this huge city, and he preaches against them. You can, I mean, you can see that Jonah probably delighted and like, God hates you. You know, I mean, this is kind of his attitude, right? Jonah is like the anti-hero and he preaches against these horrible people. And then they, they turn towards God. And Jonah is so upset about this. This is not what Jonah wanted. Jonah wanted them to be destroyed. They're, they're Israel's enemies. And God did not come through. And so that, that's the, the, the basic story of Jonah. And Jonah's theoretically one of the good ones, one of the, you know, he speaks for God, of course, like all good pastors, like always has it all together. Um, theoretically, but no, he's a mess. Jonah is a pitiful mess. And the story is one, it's primarily about God trying to rescue Jonah. And Jonah being unwilling to be rescued in so many ways. And it's about the damage that Jonah does along the way. And yet God is always kind and generous. Last week when Bren Rubio taught, she taught on that passage where Jonah goes and says, hey, you need to repent. And she defined repentance, big religious word, right? Repent, you're evil. Looking at Jonah, chapter two, verse six, Jonah himself finally comes to this, his senses when he's in the belly of the whale, right? Again, lots of satire in Jonah. 
And he says, you know what? The problem is we turn from your love. We turn away from your love. And so really what that big religious word repentance is, is just simply a return to love. God actually loves people. And repentance, far from being owned by street corner preachers and angry religious leaders, it's actually a kindness. And it's an invitation to return to love. It is, it's not about destruction and hate and ruining you. I'm going to, you know, you're bad. It's a return to love. An invitation to come back to God. And feel connected to, to, to be in right relationship. Uh, and so today, what we're primarily going to do is we're going to hear some stories. It's good, to, it's good to read the Bible. I love reading the Bible. Um, it's good to learn from the Bible. What's really helpful is to see how the Bible actually plays out in real people's lives. Like yours and mine. To realize like, oh, that's what this book is talking about. Like, oh, that could be real for me too. Hmm. Um, so I want to invite up my friend Raylene. Come on down. Everyone welcome Raylene. Raylene has, uh, Caro, you can just hang. You can just hang. I'll get you in a minute. We're going to hear from Caro too. Um, so here's your mic. Does that work for you? Yeah. Feeling good about that? All right, great. Um, are we on screen, Joe? We're for our friends on Zoom. Hi, Zoom. Um, so tell us a little bit about your family upbringing, your spiritual background growing up. So I... Closer to the mic, closer to the mic. How's that? Better? Better. <laughs> Better. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really brought up in the church. Um, I recently learned... So my father passed away when I was four years old. And I recently learned that before he passed, he was a very devout Christian that was like doing plays up and down California and things like that. And I had always wondered when God called me to start, you know, actually paying attention mm. about four or five years ago, started getting active. And so was it, it wasn't until four or five years ago. Yeah. It was very recent. Really? Yeah. So you grew up like, like what? I mean, like, did just, you have any just kind of like, Hey, God's got everything under control. And that was it. Like, like that was like no. the entirety of your religiosity yeah, that was it like just you know be kind say prayers you know for what, but it there was no meat. there, there, there was there nothing was no there, meat there, there was, to why it was just that's what i was told and that was it yeah, yeah. and it wasn't even told on a regular basis yeah. um my mom struggled a lot when my pap when my dad passed yeah. you know lost yeah. a lot of faith and yeah, yeah the anger now i know as an adult the anger at god um Okay, so four or five years ago, well, tell us, we'll, we'll come back to your dad. Yeah. But four or five years ago, you show up at a church? Why, why, yeah. you show, why do you show it, up at a church? I don't know. <laughs> and some of you are, are really resonating. Like, why am I here? I don't know. I was just, you know, I lived around the corner from a church, and I was like, you know, I'm going to go in there. 
Really? Yeah. And what, what was it like? Your first time in, do you remember? Um, first time in, I just, I thought it was beautiful. The, 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 the worship and, you know, just kind of, I was learning, but I wasn't feeling, I was, I was feeling the music, but I wasn't learning what was said. It didn't feel very like, Hey, new person, let's welcome him in. Let's teach. Let's this, let's that. Like there was none of that. It was just hi, new person. And where they're literally told to say hi to the person next to them. And, right. you know, so it was very like, oh, but did, okay. Did you go back? I did. I could, because I was trying, I just Why? felt this. I don't know. I just, and some of you again are like, need. I don't I came back again. Why am I doing <laughs> this? Right. I, it's okay. I just felt this need to go. Like I just wanted more. I wanted something. There's, just, there's more. a hunger ignited yeah. inside and you're like, Hey, I want to figure this out. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So you started going to church. Mm -hmm. So I started going to church and then I was focusing more on the Bible studies so that I can kind of learn mm -hmm. what was being talked about um, as opposed to just sitting there and not knowing what they were saying. Yeah. But it just, you know, it was just kind of something I was trying to do. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't feeling a whole lot of it. So now did you go with your girlfriend or you went solo? I went solo a few times. And yeah. when I was talking to her about how, you know, I don't know, I wanted more. She wanted more. Uh -huh. um, and so she found another church okay. for us. And you started going there. So we started going there. And I mean, we dove in. Okay. We dove in. We were there multiple times a week, literally all day on Sundays, wow. Bible college. Wow. Um, we need to get different. some more programs around here, Brenna Rubio. <laughs> like, you start that Bible college, would you? All day, you know, women's groups, things like that. And while my fire for God, but it's funny because now that I've been in more, I'm just like, oh, that was just God. Just like, no, I'm going to pursue you to mm -hmm. keep coming with me because mm -hmm. the church didn't have much to do with that. <laughs> the church didn't have much to do with. Okay. okay. No, was I don't it, think so. Was it, I mean, because that's what's happening in Jonah, right? Jonah in this particular, I mean, he just walks through the city kind of with his nose in the air, like you are terrible people repent. And then he, and he walks away. He's technically obedient to what God told him to do, but he actually, there's no heart in it. Yeah. That that's. And so you experienced some sense of. Yeah. Of because in our women's group, we were, you know, we were struggling up time going through some different challenges, challenges that relationships have relationship, life, all of it. Yeah. And the answer to everything was, well, if you guys take time away from each other. If you just like, break up. Yeah. If you just, you know, break up, you know, the clouds are going to part, the sun is going to shine and a pot of gold is going to fall out of the sky or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, it was, yeah. And we were just kind of like, hmm, yeah, that didn't feel right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that wasn't what yeah. I came to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this relates back to the stuff you were saying earlier about your dad. Mm -hmm. you yeah. So t tell us a little bit about dad and what you learned from your aunts. And so uh, recently I was talking to my grandmother, my aunt, and I had just asked them bluntly, do you love me and accept me because you love me? Do you accept me for being gay because you love me? Or do you accept the community that I'm a part of? Like, do you just love me? Or do you love everybody who's yeah. different or, yeah. you know, living their life the way? And they were just like, are you kidding? Like, just 
you've got an aunt here and your dad and your dad was part of, you know, just loving everyone. And, you know, your dad would totally love you because I was going through a hard time, you know, um, with it being his birthday and his birthday and his passing were days apart. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's always a really hard month for, for me in October. And um, they had just told me how strong he was Mm -hmm. in his faith. And so I think about it and they would tell me, they're like, yeah, your dad loved you so much. Like you were, they would call me spoiled and they're like, nobody was allowed to discipline you. You know, my dad, I had him for four years of my life. Mm -hmm. Nobody was allowed to discipline me. Nobody was allowed to yell at me. And it's not that he wouldn't yell at me, Mm -hmm. but they weren't allowed to. (laughs) So so it was something that he took reign over. And I was just thinking the other day on his birthday, um, I was kind of laughing because I was like, wow whatever happened in that four years stuck with me my whole life. Like God made sure that this important part, Mm. because nobody could tell me that God doesn't love me or that Mm. God doesn't accept me because I'm, I think of him, you know, he's my father. So when I was hearing the stuff at, when I was hearing the stuff at the church about how I wouldn't, you know, no, you need to make this change. And I was just like, eh, it's not what my dad said. (laughs) That's not what my father said. And so I was able to really hold on to that somehow. And I don't know, I, I, it just hit me like this past week of why. And that's because, you know, God loves me. God is my father. God's going to. Sure. There's discipline, the, but yeah. God's the one who yeah. split me and I don't have to worry about. Yeah. So I, I was never, thankfully, I was never deterred from mm-hmm. church because of what that other church had told me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so coming here was just like. there you go there you go uh yeah um well hey will you thank raylene for sharing some of her story that was amazing right but there's this picture right i mean i i love it right it's it's this exact picture of what's going on at the end of chapter three of jonah right where where Jonah's walked through all of Nineveh. He's like, you're bad people. Da, da, da. And God says this. And, and what the people here is like, oh, God loves us. <laughs> like, oh, it's a return to love. Right? I mean, you just look at Raylene's face and it's like, ah. Right? I mean, she's just she's like, oh, okay, I'm fine. You say whatever you want. My, my father loves me. Isn't that amazing? Like, it's, this, it's this picture of exactly what happens. The, the scripture in Romans, which is a New Testament, uh, the kind of the forward half of the, of the Bible, says in chapter 2, it says it's God's kindness that leads us to return to love. It's God's kindness. God's not picked off. God's saying, hey, I want you back. God's upset at injustice, right, and the, the ways we wreck each other and the ways we wreck ourselves. But it's always because there's an invitation to return to love, to grow in connection. And that's what, that's actually what the scripture's all about. Jonah missed that, but the people of Nineveh got it. And this is, I think, in, in so many ways, this is the heartbeat of, of City Church of Long Beach, is we actually just want everyone to know that they are God's beloved. That's you. You're God's beloved. You don't, you don't have to worry about what the judgy people are saying, right? The, the people who came and are pointing their fingers at you and saying, you know, this, oh, you're bad for that or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. God sees you and God says, I see you. 
You're beloved. You're, you're welcome here. Right? That's the most important thing you can take away from today. The passage goes on, and the passage talks about Jonah and Jonah's relationship with God. And Jonah gets really, Jonah's a bit moody, uh, kind of an emotional guy, and uh, very angry. And this is, this is what it says in chapter 4. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. It, it seemed really wrong that people experienced God's love and welcome. I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, like, Jonah, get it together. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. And he prayed to Yahweh. He said, isn't this what I said, Yahweh, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall. I tried to, like, head this off of the past, and that's why I went to the other way, to Tarshish. Because I knew that you are gracious and compassionate, God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. I know the kind of God you are, that you're going to go and love them. Ultimately, Jonah is super racist. That's, that's, that's the core pro problem for Jonah. He is very racist, and these people look different, and there are issues between these two nations. There's been oppression. There's been injustice. There's been all kinds of ins and outs. But ultimately, because they are ethnically different than him, he wants God to put an end to them. It's just the truth, and it still continues in our world, in our country, in our city today, in our hearts, how we think of people who are different than us. This anger that we have when they receive blessings. So Jonah, uh, he is... He gets really angry and has this conversation with God and he goes back and forth with God and God provides this, this place of shade for Jonah and Jonah's like, yeah, this is the way it's supposed to be. And then the place of shade gets taken away. He's like, I just want to die. And God literally says to Jonah, is it right for you to be, this is in verse nine, is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah responds, it is, he said, and I'm so angry. I wish I were dead. That's what the Bible says. I mean, I'm so mad. Some of you have experienced this. You've seen it with the children in your classroom or, or the, you know, in your own heart and soul or the, the kids in your family, extended family. This immature anger, that's just, oh. What we see here is Jonah is actually full of judgment. He's full of anger. He is not participating with God in helping people return to love. He's actually creating obstacle after obstacle after obstacle for people to return to love. And so I want to invite up a friend who's going to share a little bit of her story. Caro, if you would come on up, welcome up, Caro. 
How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. A little nervous. Okay. <laughs> just, just look over there. She'll be smiling at you. Right. You'll okay. Be fine. You'll be fine. So, um, so tell us just a little bit about your like background, family growing up, just, just touch on that spiritually and what that was like for you. Like so the early, the early years. Oh yeah, no. Um, I have um, a lot of aunts and uncles. I grew up in Chicago as a kid, moved out here when I was in second grade, but um, religion was a big thing. Catholicism. I was an altar girl. I mean, I think I remember preaching when I was like seven years old, parks in Chicago. I mean, I was, I knew God from a very young age, you know, Preacher. religion, Catholicism, ritual. I mean, a lot of, a lot of reverence for God. I, I really appreciated the Catholic church for learning reverence and, uh, so it was kind of that was your background. my whole life, yeah. And then at some point, you sort of entered into a new phase in your relationship with God, felt really connected with God specifically, right? Kind of asked Jesus into your life or something mm -hmm. like that. And tell us just briefly about that season. So I think I was in seventh grade. First time I went to a Christian church it was a Pentecostal church. Big difference. And uh, the worship, people are loud and jumping and I'm a music person, so that really grabbed me. Um, I loved it. It was a great experience. People were alive, you know, God was alive, and he wasn't dead on the cross anymore, and it was amazing. I I, I accepted Jesus into my heart, and it was a whole transformation for me. I mean, it was huge. I was sold out, sold out. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Preacher Amazing. girl, were you preaching still, kind of sharing with people, oh. talking about all kinds of, yeah. Yeah, I was I was known as the the Christian girl in junior high, um, mm -hmm. head of the Bible study. Uh, I forgot it, campus life, I think it was called. Um, people wouldn't even curse around me. It was I was known as that kind of girl. Oh, oh, sorry, Jesus. You know, I mean, it was the whole thing. It was the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so, how did that work out then in high school? And like, because there was a bump, if I recall your story. Well, it was a big bump. <laughs> <laughs> I came out to my family and my mom, um, she's more of the Catholic Christian one. My dad, he's a little bit, uh, he's still figuring, figuring it out. Sure. But I came out to my family. I think I was uh, 14, my freshman year, and uh, everything changed. I mean, I, uh, I didn't really have a home anymore. I uh, was asked to leave. I, told, I was told I wasn't welcomed. Um, it was really hard, yeah. Like sleeping on park benches. And oh yeah, I was um I was pretty well known. Played sports, uh, school board rep, honor honor student. I mean everything. And then you know once uh the people that are supposed to care about you tell you that you're not worth anything. I mean it it really hurt. You know, yeah. I was out in the streets, sleeping in parks, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Sorry, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's hard. So you were sort of on the other side of the Jonas. So you heard it wasn't just then. It was for a long season, right? Yeah, it was, it was a few years. Um, got into it with some people that weren't really doing good things, but, you know, they gave me somewhere to stay. And, I mean, I moved around a lot, but it was, it was never really stable. And, uh, yeah, slowly but surely, I started to believe the lies, you know, that I didn't really have a voice. I didn't have purpose, things like that. So yeah. it was tough. And the Christians were not very helpful still. You know, it's just, you know, they kind of love you, but they kind of listen, but you know, it's it's all of my family still. I have um it's gotten a lot better. I have a lot of hope, but I'm the middle child of a seven. So 
Um, I see all my my siblings with kids, and some of them they're still in that religious mindset. I mean, they've got little ones. They don't know if they want me around or if I'd be a good influence. Or so I'm, you know, I'm learning to um, to believe the truth and that God loves me now. And it's it's changed a lot about the way that I, despite you know the way they see me, I carry myself a lot different, especially since City Church. Yeah, and just tell us a little bit what it's like. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's city church or any space where you experience God's belovedness, like that you matter. Um, what 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 has that been like for you? Well, especially with Raylene's influence in my life. I mean, it's been amazing. She's she's an opposite force to me, and uh, her belief in herself and in God and in His love, and just surrounding myself around people who feel the same and think the same, and it's made a big difference. And everything that I do, yeah. yeah. You were doing some reading. You just finished a book. You had some thoughts. You were reflecting. You were sharing about this last week with me. Like, what, tell us kind of where you're at right now on that journey of of embracing yourself and maybe moving forward. So I just re- uh, finished a book from Justin Lee called uh, "Torn," and it's making a big impact in my life. I realize I need a lot of therapy now, so. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I want to take, you know, I think I'm ready for that next step and I'm ready to grow and get into a new, se- a new season of my life. We are super proud of you. Oh, and you. I want to let you know. Let's try. You are the beloved of God. And God sees you. And God is proud of you. And we're glad, we're glad to be with you on the journey. Yeah, I'm glad to. <laughs> hey, thanks so much. Yeah. There's a lot more to that story that you get to listen to personally. Um, and it involves just the worst possible things that you can imagine people doing and Christians doing. It's it's Jonah over and over again. Jonah's so angry he wants he wants violence. This is what we do with people who are different than us, who don't fit in our nice neat packages. And God is constantly inviting us to return to love. And through us, inviting others to return to love. And really, our question is, are we, are we an obstacle to that? Or are we actually participating with God? And so I just want to pause for a moment. I'm just going to close with, with this, this picture here. Um, and think a little, just a little bit about anger for a moment. All right, and then we're going to pray and move on. But... Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, I mean, she's literally a prophet. Uh, her name is Audrey Lord. And if you've not read Audrey Lord, I really encourage you to do so. Um, in her book, Sister Outsider, she's talking about the harshness that women and women of color and people who are queer have experienced at the hands of structures that are built to keep their voices silent. And she distinguishes some things about anger. And this is what she writes. She says that hatred and our anger 
are very different. Hatred is the fury of those who do not share our goals, and its object is death and destruction. Anger is a grief, and its object is change. She distinguishes two kinds of anger. So, so think about this with me. There's, there's this anger where there's this anger over here whose goal is death and destruction. It's really hatred. You see Jonah in, in verse 5 of chapter 4. Literally, he goes through the city. He preaches as angrily as he can, and then he goes up on a hill, and he watches to see God destroy the city. He doesn't stick around to pray with people who are like curious or answer questions or be a part of what God is doing in the city, you know, kind of sharing a, a, a common cause together, setting things right. No. Sitting up and looking down and judging. That's hatred. And there's a different kind of anger. Move to the side. Excuse me. Slightly awkward, but. And this anger is a gift. So Juanita Rasmus, she writes that anger pinpoints. It's a gift. It helps you see where you have been violated. And there's a passion there that that is not okay. Caitlin Curtis, who uh, Brenna quoted at length last week in her book, Native, she says, anger and hope are co-laborers. It's that anger that says, people have been mistreated. That is not okay. And it partners with hope that says, no, justice can come. Racism is real, and we're going we're gonna to do something. We're going to actually welcome people here who've been excluded and hope for restoration. We're not going to just sit and be passive. So there, there are two kinds of, of anger. There's the one that gives voice to hate, and there's the one that names the violence and leads to hope. And we're invited on this journey with Jesus, who himself was angry in this healthy way. Right? Because he was so passionate that people would know that they belong, that they are God's beloved, and that there is an invitation to each of us, including me, here today to return to love. Our first